the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. How many times do we see this? Somebody grows up in a Christian home and they speak Christianese. They learn to speak the language. They want to please their parents. They want to please the people around them and they conform outwardly until they can't conform anymore. And they reveal that they were never, never saved to start with. They knew about God, but they didn't know God. They may have believed that they believed, but they didn't. You know, and so they walk away from the faith. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so delighted that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the program. Today we'll be taking a slight detour from our typical verse-by-verse study of the Bible to hear a live question-and-answer service that took place recently at Hillside Church where Pastor Keith fielded questions from the congregation and the community live during the worship service. Now here's Pastor Keith to begin this live Q&A broadcast. It's not like the prosperity teachers here on earth who say, lay out money down here on earth. The, The command there is part of a larger discourse that speaks to having the right priorities, the right focus, the right object of your worship. Okay? Next, why didn't Jesus write any books in the Bible? Because the whole Bible's about him and God used men to write the books. God, it says in 1 Peter 1, 20 and 21, maybe to 24, that men were carried away, by, carried by the Holy Spirit, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any personal, private interpretation isn't the invention of man. The Bible is a book about Jesus If you think about the Trinity, right, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you could say Jesus wrote every book of the Bible and that those red letters, you know, and some of you guys have like red letter Bibles, have the words of Jesus in red. The whole Bible should be in red. One God, three persons, Trinity, right? Okay? All right, next. Sometimes I feel as if I don't do enough ministry. I'm older and retired, and during COVID, I've been confined to my home. When you talk about decluttering and refocusing how might I go about doing this there's a context to that question we talked about earlier this year I did a sermon about uh, you know refocusing and reprioritizing your life around the will of God 
And sometimes there are things that have to go that get in the way of serving God and doing, and doing ministry. And I would point out to this individual, as I have pointed out to many people with small children, we go through seasons of life. You know, when you've got three or four bambinos or bambinas, you've you got your hands full. So you might not be able to serve as much as you can when those kids become like, you know, self-maintaining automobile batteries, you know, they feed themselves and all that kind of stuff. And when you get older, you know, if you get, you know, like me, you've got less juice than you had 25 years ago. And so, and then in COVID, if you're retired on a limited income, maybe you can't make it to church. You know, we have people who are viewing online, but maybe, you know, we, we email prayer lists. We give opportunities to serve in different ways. There's a lot of ways to serve based on your physical opportunity, your physical proximity, your health, or your season of life. And so, you know, sometimes feelings are, uh, deceive us because we don't feel like we do enough. Well, I mean, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a great sentiment, but maybe between COVID, your age, and everything else, and your infirmity, you're not able to do that. Do not beat yourself up. Now, there are some people who are sitting at home in their pajamas week after week watching church on television pre-COVID. There's the problem. You know, you, you, we should be, you know, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, not neglecting the assembling of ourselves together, but we should be finding a way to get together with the people of God to do the work of God. That really comes down to a hard attitude. And when I read that question, I don't think that individual has a bad or a wrong heart attitude. But then that's just me. Okay? Next question. Recently, we have seen fallen ministers. What do we do with Joshua Harris or Ravi Zacharias books? Do we throw them away? Boy, that's a great question. Um, And just, you know, uh, Joshua Harris revealed that he wasn't a Christian. You know, he was going through the motions. He grew up in a... How many times do we see this? Somebody grows up in a Christian home and they speak Christianese. They learn to speak the language. They want to please their parents, they want to please the people around them, and they conform outwardly until they can't conform anymore. And they reveal that they were never, never saved to start with. They knew about God, but they didn't know God. They may have believed that they believed, but they didn't. You know, and so they walk away from the faith. Sometimes uh, our children or our siblings walk away for a season. Maybe they have a dry spell. What Joshua Harris has revealed clearly, and I think in a very gracious way compared to others is that he's not a believer and that means he was never a believer so his books you know I mean he's just you know I I wouldn't be handing them out to anybody throw them away I don't you know that's your call Um, I typically don't commend books by people who have gone off the rails because when you do that then some undiscerning Christian picks up the book that they wrote after they went off the rails and it, it confuses them Ravi Zacharias is a confounding, confounding, confounding situation. But I think if you look back through the lens of retrospect at his ministry, he went from arguing from the Bible a lot to more and more arguing from logic. I don't know what to make of him. Um, There are hypocrites in every aspect of our lives, secular and sacred, But I am doubtful that he could have engaged in a pattern of deceit and dishonesty that he appears to have engaged in and really understood the gospel. He might articulate it, 
but I don't know what to make of it. And yeah, unfortunately, um, his credibility, he's not above reproach. I wouldn't hand his books out to anybody, but that's me. You may sense differently about it. You know, we have principles and preferences in Christianity. Principles are non-negotiables based on the word of God. Preferences are you say tomato, I say tomato. You know, not a, big, not a major theological construct there. But, you know, so, but that's me. I cannot command or prescribe for you to what to do in these two men's case. But I would be very hesitant to hand their material out to anybody at this point in time. Okay? Next. Is evolution consistent with the Bible or irreconcilable? No, it's not. It's entirely irreconcilable. Um, Why is that? I'll give you one verse. Romans 5.12. What does it say in Romans 5.12? That death and sin entered the world through one man and spread to all because all sinned. Okay? So death and sin entered the world through Adam. Okay? How does that deal with evolution? This way. One, it's the word of God. It's true. Two, evolution is based on death and trial and error. Death and trial and error. Death and trial and error. If sin and death entered through one man, Adam, and spread to all men because all sinned, that means death didn't occur before him. I mean, it just, just rules it out. That's a New Testament passage. You can try to allegorize Genesis 1 through 3 all you want to, but you can't do that with Romans 5.12. The other th- fact of the matter is, if you've studied, and if you read, you'll know that most astrophysicists don't believe in Darwinian evolution. Most biochemists don't believe. It's sort of a cult that is uh, tied into aspects of the, biologi- of the biology community, but they're Marxist, lesbian professor, I forget her name now, at the University of Gulf, Gulf in Ontario, Canada, and she said it best, that evolution is the religion of dead European white men that has no credibility or relativity for us today. And that's an atheist talking. But as a Christian, the trial and error thing just falls apart right there. And you know, then you have just experience. I can take a wolf and breed my third least favorite dog in the world, a poodle. Okay? I can take that and do that. But I cannot take a poodle and breed a wolf. Why is that? Deleterious mutation, it's called. Loss of data. We're not becoming more and more complex. We're losing data with every procreation. With every generation, data is lost. That, that's just the opposite of Darwinian evolution. So, that's, but from the Bible, using the word of God, Romans 5.12, and you know, if you allegorize Genesis 1 through 3, there was no fall. If there's no fall, there's no sin. If there's no sin, there's no need for a savior, and if there's no need for a savior, Christ died in vain. You just can't get away from that. Okay, next question. I notice that you take an occasional... P- <laughs> I notice that you take an case. You do. I notice that you take an occasional pot shot at socialism and communism. Don't they have good attributes like helping the poor? Short answer: Yes, I take pot shots at socialism. Are they good? Do they have good attributes? No, no, no. You know, this is the thing. I know many people who 
were born after 1995 have no sense of history. You know, we've tried all this before. Socialism and communism. Communism, so these are attempts, human attempts to build their own Tower of Babel, a utopia. It's never worked in all of history. So socialism and communism have this in common, other than the fact that they degrade into genocidal totalitarian governments later on. Um, They seize the control of production. And they diminish private property because they believe in equality of outcomes. Okay? You're going to create equity, which is virtually impossible in this life, on this earth. Then what happens is those who do not conform become marginalized and demonized and, uh, they, you know, they have to be forced to conform. They're, they become coercive without fail. And eventually, because you can't change human nature, those that won't conform the way you want to, like a virus or an, or an infection, have to be excised or eliminated. And every socialist and communist regime in history has, mo- has moved toward a genocidal behavior. It's just, I mean, if you can read. But the fact of the matter is they both are opposed to Christianity. They both are based on atheistic, naturalistic constructs that assume that God isn't. And if you even take the most basic parable of Jesus, the parable of the laborers, you know, they come and he puts this guy to work and they come and he puts this guy to work. And those are pictures of people coming to Christ at different times. And at the end of the day, he pays them. He pays them all the same. Equity, equality of outcomes, right? And then they, they complain. Well, wait a minute. You know, I've been serving you all my life. These guys came at the end. He goes, am I not the master? Do I not determine the rate of pay? It's my money. Or then you have degrees of reward in heaven, right? As the Bible teaches. Spiritual gifts, God apportions each according as he wills. These are all inconsistent with equity, which there's no such thing as they replace that word with equality. These are wholly inconsistent with socialism and communism. And, you know, people try to point to, and I listened to a, a lecture by the foreign minister of Sweden recently, and you can find it online. And they ask him, you know, you're a socialist country. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not a, we're not, Sweden is never, we're not socialist. We're a capitalist country with high taxes. Don't call us socialists. Because they have freedom over there, you know. You want socialism? Go to uh, Venezuela, where they're starving to death. Go to, go to Korea, where they execute you for having a Bible. Look at the Soviet Union putting 45 million people of of its population in concentration camps. You want socialism? Go to Nazi Germany in the 30s. National socialism? That's what Nazis... Go to China with their surveillance culture. Go to any of these countries. These are anti-God, anti-Christian philosophies. They are primarily atheistic. And here's... If any good comes out of them, it's because God causes the rain to fall on the good and the evil. It's not to their credit... It's in spite of them. So, you know, that's just me. As I read the Bible and see the principles that God gives us, each people having different degrees and qualities of spiritual gifts. So do I take a pot shot at socialism? Every chance I get. 
I take a pot shot at the devil every chance I get. Because anything that's opposed to Christ, I'm opposed to as a born-again Christian who takes his Bible seriously. Next question. How should believing family members who clearly know God's truth respond to loved ones who are living in alternative lifestyles, shunning, living in, loving in, love in spite of, ignore, confront? I'm assuming by alternative lifestyles we either mean living uh, unmarried together, cohabitating, male and female, or homosexual relationships, lesbian to lesbian, uh, uh, gay male to gay male, or transgender, or one of those kinds of things. Um, I, you know, it's complicated. I have a lot of experience with that. I, my brother was gay, he died of AIDS at age 37, September 11th, 1992. I spent 10 or 12 years uh, socializing in that community. Um, and, uh, you know, for a family member, you want to love them. God put them in your life. You know, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose family members, right? God has given them to you. He has raised them up and you up for such a time as this. And so as a Christian, I don't think you want to shun them. I don't think you want to approve of their aberrant or, you know, deviant behavior of their sin, right? But you, you want to try to live out your faith in a way that points them to Christ. You want to try to have dialogue, conversation with them, but, but, you cannot compromise your integrity in the process. And this is the tricky part because, you know, you know, somebody can go and get their name changed and go have it changed on their driver's license. But the pronoun thing, I can't call a man a woman or a woman a man that's not a man or a woman. All the surgery and makeup in the world does not change the fact that Bruce Jenner is Bruce Jenner no matter what he calls himself. Now, I may call him Caitlin, but I won't call him because he has his chromosomes say who he is. And the whole gender thing, gender fluid thing, I mean, you go back five years in a dictionary, gender is sex. Sex is gender. You know, uh, and so you want to be, be kind. You don't want to be the caricature of a bigoted Christian. Because really the society is bigoted, right? We kind of talked about that at the beginning of the Q&A. So you do want to confront them in love. You speak the truth in love. You show kindness. You, blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are those that grieve for their own sin and the sin of others. At the same time, you don't want to necessarily expose your children and, who won't understand all this stuff, somebody who's pretending to be something that they're not. And so it is a very difficult walk um, as long as they don't try to impose their lifestyle on those around them. We had a young lady here who decided that she was now a guy and she said she wanted to come to church here but she insisted that each and every member of the congregation refer to her by the right pronouns. And we're like, number one, even if we were inclined to do that, that would be impossible because there are hundreds of people here who are going to look at you and think that you're a girl. And so we really can't and won't do that. So she goes, well, I won't come to church here. And we're like, well, we're sorry, but that's your decision. So that's kind of it. It's very complicated. There is no easy formula. It requires discernment, prayer, wise counsel, but um, not compromise. You can't compromise. You know why? 
Because if you love them, you won't compromise. If you really love them, you'll point them to what is true. And not, you know, it's like somebody has cancer and they want to pretend they don't have cancer. It's not loving to go along with that charade. It's just not. Um, and so you can't do that. So anyway, that's my short answer. That's a whole sermon series probably, which we probably will do at some point in the time. Next question. Boy. Tell you what. Okay. If in your podcast, let me do it over here. This is easier. In your podcast, don't you think you were too hard on the protesters who gathered in Washington, D.C. on January 6th? They were not all bad. Shouldn't people have the right to protest? There are riots going on in Seattle and Portland. Why don't you start? Why did you start the podcast? Well, there's a whole bunch of questions there. Number one, if you listen to the podcast, and I don't know how many of you listen to the podcast. How many of you listen to the podcast? I'll put you on the spot here. Okay. I love you too. Uh, no, serious. seriously. So on the podcast, I condemned the people who broke into the Capitol building. I did not condemn the peaceful protesters. Okay. Uh, what they did was they jeopardized the institutions, the reputation, and the credibility of people of goodwill in this country in this country that has always stood systemically and structurally for what is right and good. Just look at the founding documents. Just look at the objective history of the country. But I do condemn the people who rioted. They should be locked up and put in prison, just like the people in Portland. Now, here's the difference. These people did it at the seat of the national government. Okay? That was a dangerous thing, and it endangered our troops, our reputation, our ability to do good around the world and the stability of the country. The people in Portland and uh, all over the place, Portland and uh, Seattle, they should be locked up too. And it's a, it's a, uh, they, it, what they've done, what they do. I mean, you had six killed in Washington, D.C. You've had 271 police officers injured. And I don't know how many people killed around the country in these other kinds of riots. They're both equally sinful, both equally wrong. I do not believe I was unnecessarily harsh. I, I discriminated, and that's not always a bad word, guys, between the rioters and the protesters. Just like I differentiate between the rioters and the protesters here. Uh, but the bottom line is what they did was wrong. And no, they weren't all bad, just the rioters. You had no business trespassing. No business. It's fortunate that more of them weren't killed. You know, these police officers trying to defend themselves. Okay. Why did you start the podcast? Okay, I started the podcast because we were in COVID-19 and there's not enough discipleship we were able to do. So we've been trying to do online discipleship. We've just tried to find ways to reach people and reach the community. And the podcast was a relatively inexpensive way to do that. And so, you know, here we live in America and our church in the past made the same mistakes most churches make. You say, you know, we're going to do away with the Sunday night service so you can spend more time with your families. And then your kids go this way and you go that way, and we gave up a Sunday night teaching opportunity, much to our shame. And we give up Wednesday night because we want you to spend more time with your family. And so, Wednesday night, your kids are at sports or at this or at that or at this or at that. And so, this was just an attempt to kind of take back some redemptive real estate and to provide another opportunity for you to learn and to grow. And so, we preach systematically through books of the Bible in this, in this worship service, characteristically. But this way, in the podcast, we can handle topics. 
All right. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Thanks for your questions. Uh, This will be online later. Any questions we didn't get to, I will type out answers to and we'll post somewhere or email them to you. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, this day that you've made, this day that we can rejoice and be glad in. Uh, Father, we, we thank you for your word, which is true, Lord. Sanctify us in truth, Lord. Help us to know the truth, to live the truth, to love the truth, Father. Help us to love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Keith Crosby with today's Grace to Live radio broadcast. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend this time with us today here on the program. And if you have questions about today's show, or if you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Keith, then I would encourage you to visit our website, hillsidechurch.org. There you can listen to past sermons and other content from Pastor Keith just by clicking the Sermon Archive tab. And you can also find links to Pastor Keith's blog, as well as the Out of My Mind podcast. The website is also a great place to connect with us here at Hillside. You can find information on our service times, ministry opportunities, And of course, you can browse our calendar of upcoming events. Again, all this and much, much more can be found by visiting our website, hillsidechurch.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening.